Hello and welcome to Carnivorous Chats. My name is James, your host. I started this podcast to help other folks share their own healing stories and to interview thought leaders and experts in the carnivore, keto, and low oxalate space. Before we begin, I'd like to give a shout out to Equip Foods and the Carnivore Bar. As an affiliate, you can use the link in the show notes to get a discount on their products when you check out using the code CARNIVOROUS. Thanks in advance for listening, subscribing, and any likes or shares. And now, on with the podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Carnivorous Chats. It's James, your host. Today is an especially special episode for me, folks, because I have a dear friend of mine returning to Carnivorous Chats. One of my first guests from season one, episode eight, if you recall, I have Sally Bowers, otherwise known as Carnivore Angel Healing on Instagram, coming back to Carnivorous Chats. Sally, so good to see you. So happy to see you. I know I was excited when you wanted to do this. I'm like, it's been a while. I am so happy to be here. Thank you. Oh, you're more than welcome. It sure has been a while. It's been over a year and what a crazy year it has been. Lots of great things to cover in our catch up episode here today, Sally. And one of the first things I wanted to kick off before I get folks to listen to your story that may not have heard your incredible journey before is to just talk about meeting up personally at KetoCon. It was so great to see you in person. I got to see so many folks. And what was what was your thoughts on this past year's KetoCon? You did a lot of stuff there and we met a lot of people. Oh, yeah, we did. It was, and I think the first part of it, I never expected it to be so hot. <laughs> it was so hot, but um, it was outside of the center. When I met you right away, I was so happy. I didn't even know you were going to be there. So it was like, yay. And uh, I, I tell everyone, I was just like, we're just like these besties. We ran around looking for a carnivore bar and all that. So it was fun. It was so much fun. And then what well, we went inside, got our VIP bags and the people, the people. I mean, the meetings are wonderful. There's so, so, so many and you can't see them all. They're wonderful, but it's like you see the same people walking around the center there. You know, the main floor had all the vendors and everything. And even meeting them was wonderful. And oh my God, I just, I can't even express how incredible it is. It's more um, the people that you're meeting there, the people that you've never met that you've working with online all the time, like, um, Jen delighted to meet you and Courtney, Courtney Luna, um, so many people, so many people. And, um, that that's the best part. I remember when they all wanted to go across the street to, um, the barbecue. And I thought my brain was thinking, we're supposed to go to some of these meetings. We're going to miss some of these meetings. I went, Oh, what the hell? <laughs> you know, and we went next door and it was the best thing ever. And from there, it was just us in a group, you know, hanging around and, and going whatever meetings we were going to go to and going outside of the place even then, because I think the best part, honestly, was the people we met there that we've been working with, that we've been listening to, that we've been learning from. That was incredible. And the meetings were wonderful too. Don't get me wrong. Those were so informative, but all of it was just it. I thought it was a one, one time deal. And it was like, no, this is something that you have to come back to again and again, because you know, you meet your friends. So agree, Sally. I mean, the connections that I made there, meeting folks in person that I had interviewed and getting to know them more personally rather than as we're doing today over a Zoom meeting. So I, we met in person and it just fostered such great connections that I look back fondly on. And it, it just allowed me to connect with people that I would never have been able to connect with 
had I not yeah. gone and to foster relationships like becoming an affiliate for carnivore snacks and carnivore bar and having Philip and Mark on the show and just it's just wonderful so yeah it was so great to see you there <laughs> Sally folks um, that haven't heard your story before and it's just an amazing journey and folks follow Sally on Instagram and we'll talk where to find her later on but it's carnivore angel healing Sally is a fasting coach a sugar addiction coach and a carnivore coach and she has just an incredible story to share. As I mentioned, she was on in episode eight and season one. So I'll post the link to that episode so you can listen to it. But for those listeners, Sally, that are being introduced to you today, I wonder if you could just talk a little bit about firstly, the sugar addiction journey that you went on. And then we're going to do a little deeper dive into your Hashimoto journey as well, because a lot of folks are reaching out to me as World Carnivore Month kicks off and just have a lot of questions about healing from that. So please, the the mic is yours. Uh, thank you. Um, well, I, I can't say I've always had an issue with sugar. It does go way back. Um, loved sugar when I was a kid, but it wasn't something I binged on. It was just something that I ate instead of other food. And as I got older and life kind of hits you, emotions hit you, uh, circumstances hit you, I never learned ways to deal. You know, so sugar became my way to deal. And I would bury my emotions. I would bury whatever I was feeling, didn't want to feel it. And uh, fast forward 40 years, I just had a full-blown addiction. And I think prior to crossing that line, I would have been able to moderate, you know, cause I, I yo-yo diet my whole life and I could have like a bite of a dessert or half a dessert with someone and be right back to it. And I was good to go. But once you cross the line with addiction, you, you this, there is no going back. There is no moderating. And for anyone that I've worked with and that I've talked to that once you've crossed that line, there is, you just can't. And, and anyone listening to this is going to know that it's like, you have one bite and one bite is, you know, three months of a spiral or a year, you know, I've, I've spiraled for a year before. And for me, it became, it wasn't as much about the food as it was like, because I would eat it, I would eat it and it would solve the moment, what I was feeling in the moment. But what I've learned through all this with the addiction is it's not about the food. It's not about the sugar itself. It's about not being able to feel, you know, what you're going through. And as much as we need coping skills, we need to create other things, other activities that bring us comfort, because you want another activity to go to, you don't want it to be food. And I think in the very beginning with carnivore, it's like, eat the meat, eat the meat, get that sugar out of your system, eat, 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 you know, and stay full. But after that, it's not about eating the meat in those moments, because that's feeding that behavior. And if you, I mean, if the worst thing you do is eat meat, you're fine you're perfectly fine. Um, and it's still a win, but you need to be able to process those emotions. You need to be able to sit in it. And sometimes you sit in it for a little bit, it becomes too much, then go to one of your activities, you know, that brings you comfort, whether it be crocheting, going for a hike, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. Or reaching out on the phone. Good Lord, reach out on the phone. Cause that's something I did not do. And it would have been helpful had I done it. And 
but food, sugar, and all those things is the, the vice that we use to, to get through it, but it's being able to sit with it. And I wasn't able to do that. And I'm still learning that now. It's not an easy thing. I, you know, you, you're not prepared for everything that hits you in life. It could be a job loss, it could be a relationship, it could be friendships, you know, whatever it is. If you're not prepared for what can flip on you and, and blindside you, then you tend to, you go to your go-to. It's like you just dive into a bowl of sugar. And, but from there, it just goes on and on and on. It doesn't stop. And it does not help you through that situation. The only thing that can help you through that is being able to feel it, being able to sit with it. And it doesn't matter if you have to cry, hit a punching bag, you know, whatever you got to do. And even if you need to take a break from it for a bit and go do something else, and then you come back to it, you know, and the sugar addiction, just it, I would live on sugar for months and months at a time. I did not eat protein at all. And that's the biggest thing with the way it affected me is when I eat sugar, I do not eat protein. I want every ounce of my appetite to be able to eat the sweet stuff. And so I literally destroyed my immune system. And I, I did not understand the effect that it would have like on my brain and central nervous system. I didn't know the foods that were reacting in me from hurting my immune system. I did food sensitivity tests, dairy was way high, eggs were way high. And I didn't understand what they were doing to me because I was eating it all. And it wasn't until I did carnivore that it, I was able to figure out what foods were doing what, because for me, not being able to moderate, I have to go cold turkey. And, um, I can't wean my way through. And I know a lot of people understand that a lot of people want to wean. And if you can do that, great, go for it. If you're able to do it, you know, a little bit at a time, go for it. I am not able to do that. But then there's another population that's not ready to do it. That's not ready to give up the sweet. And so they jump on the the, the honey and berries bandwagon. And some people can moderate those things, but if you're not a moderator and you're trying to convince yourself you are, then it's pretty hard to have success long-term. You may do it for a little bit and then you're diving. I have yet to see someone who's crossed the line in addiction be able to moderate honey or berries or anything like that. They try and then sooner or later, they're diving, you know, they're falling off, they're going into whatever their go-to is. And that's, that's just a clear signal. But if you can do it, I'm not saying everyone has to go the cold turkey route. If you can moderate those things, I'm not, I'm not saying no, who am I to say what you, you know, what feels best in your body? You know, for me, <laughs> it's no sugar. And when I did finally after many spirals. And when I finally came to the conclusion that I could never have anything sweet again, and let me tell you, it's a mourning process. <laughs> you, you mourn that. I got through that and then I became solid because I accepted the fact I could never have that again. But granted, it was January. I could never have done that in the fall. The holiday season, couldn't have done it. But it was January at the time. And then I had good long time 
good long time to, with nothing, no activities, no, no things that would derail me. And I got very solid within a few months. And after that, it was just amazing because I mean, number one, the thing that precipitated me doing this, it wasn't the fact that I had so much edema that I couldn't breathe. It's around my heart, my lungs, and that I could barely walk. I'd gotten through the sciatica, two years of hell, all kinds of medications, destroyed my gut, got through all those things, but still could only think of the next bite of sugar. What am I going to have next? What am I going to have for dinner? And it, it was going to be sugar. It was going to be anything you know, nutritious in any way. It didn't matter how sick I got. What happened was when I went to the doctor and she said, your thyroid is off, your TSH is way up. And um, I was like, okay. And they want to put me on level with their rocks. And I thought, great, this will help me lose weight. You know, I did it for two weeks, I think, at maximum that. And uh, my body went wild. It was crazy. And I was like, what the hell's going on? So I look up level with their rocks and it says, oh, this is a hormone thing. And I went, oh, hell no, <laughs> I'm not doing that. I mean, I had no problems with my hormones, so to speak. I had no, I mean, I'm postmenopausal. I had no hot flashes. I never, ever had a menopausal symptom. And here I am taking a pill that's causing them. And I said, no, no, <laughs> I stopped it immediately. And at that point, I looked in my research because I researched for years once I got the diagnosis. And I, and I was like, I don't want this life you get one autoimmune, you develop another autoimmune. And I'm pretty sure I had Sogren's because the dry eye, the dry mouth, all that. I just didn't get the diagnosis. Didn't want it. You know? So I says, okay, Hashimoto, I got that diagnosis. Don't want that either. But when I was looking up about the thyroid, what I found was they said, well, you know, your thyroid can be off a little TSH, but it, you don't necessarily need medication, but you do need to deal with things, you know, your diet, whatever. And but it also said, however, if you have Hashimoto, you must do something because you do nothing. It's eventually going to, you know, kill you. So I'm just like, okay, I need to know if I have Hashimoto. So I made my doctor, I says, you know, I need you to run this test. She's like, okay. And uh, I had it. I did not expect to have it. I, I, you know, every, all my tests usually are normally very good. Even with all the way I was eating, my <laughs> cholesterol was fine which is so weird. And it was that diagnosis. And I was just like, no, mm -mm. I know too many people that go down this road and it's hell and it's painful. And I was already losing hair and a lot of hair <laughs> and my skin was drying out rapidly. Like it felt like it was overnight. It had to be within 30 days. My skin, I was like, what is going on? I'd never my whole life needed even lotion. And all of a sudden my skin, I aged 10 years in that month. It's like all of a sudden I had these lines around my eyes, which I didn't have before. And I was like, okay, if I'm drying up on the outside, what's happening on the inside. And so that's when I, you know, I knew all about keto. I'd done keto. Um, my daughter writes keto cookbooks. And so I was like, okay, I need to figure this out. And I did, I think I started with like keto vor and then I wanted to know about Hashimoto and I talked to a lot of people. I went into different groups and I talked to people who got rid of it 
And I thought, my doctor's telling me I have this for life. He's telling me I have to be on medication for life. Now, at this point, I'm not on any medication. And I'm like, okay, so what did you do? And I talked to people in different groups, different areas. They were all over. They, they weren't in the same place. Every single one of them said they did carnivore, no dairy. And I thought, okay, what's wrong with the dairy? Because dairy's, you know, good good transition into carnivore, you know, but people use dairy, especially if you have sugar addiction, dairy becomes your meal. It becomes most of the meal. And so that can't be, but dairy actually inhibits the healing of Hashimoto of most autoimmune conditions. So I was like, okay, that has to go. I wasn't sure how it was going to go. And my food sensitivity test just confirmed it. It's like dairy, everything that was the highest on the test was all the dairy. And that doesn't include butter. Butter is like processed into a fat. So butter is considered a fat and eggs are a protein. So those aren't considered, they're not in the dairy, the milky dairy things. So I could still, although eggs was high, (laughs) egg whites was high. I can have them once in a while. These foods never bothered me. Oh, so I thought. They never bothered me. I, they don't bother my stomach. I can eat these things, you know, so I didn't know. I didn't trust the test right away until I gave it up. And cheddar, oddly enough, had a zero. It was the only food on that list that had a zero. So I said, okay, I'm not, I'm not sensitive to cheddar. I'll just keep cheddar in the mix. So I did. And I was losing weight, but it felt like I was fighting my body. And Hashimoto, I mean, come on, <laughs> that alone is going to keep you from losing weight. And I was doing it. It was slowly, I incorporated fasting in there because I wanted to heal on a cellular level. So I knew I had to do some fasting to accomplish that. And um, so I I did it. uh, I ate a lot. So I was nourished for the fasting. So I didn't worry about being depleted at all. I wasn't. And I felt absolutely phenomenal fasting. Thank you for that. And thank you for sharing your story. As I mentioned to you, now that I've been doing this a little while, and especially now because it's World Carnivore Month, I have a lot of people reaching out and just asking, do you have any success stories of people healing or putting it in remission? And I said, well, actually, I've had a couple yourself and Devin, the contoured carnivore, who's no longer really on Instagram. We miss her greatly, but she did with hers and eating a mostly carnivore diet. She's I don't think she's completely carnivore anymore, but she still eats a lot of meat. But it's so great to hear your experience with it. Now, I know, Sally, that um, you tracked everything at the beginning, like you tracked with spreadsheets. So you were very, very diligent. And I also know from listening to you on other podcasts that this is a journey. People don't expect this Hashimoto's to go away overnight, these thyroid antibodies to come down right away. You have to be dogmatic and diligent and do what Sally did and really be aware of what you're putting in your mouth. Sally mentioned the dairy. Another big trigger is gluten. If you're doing carnivore, but still including some bottled prepackaged sauces, you have to be like, and seasonings and things like that. Be aware of what is the ingredient list, what's in it, because I've just looked at a few barbecue sauces, let's say, and there's wheat in there and gluten Mm -hmm. in the mix. And you just have to be careful. How did you just knock this out? Now you've talked about the cheddar cheese being the issue. Did, are you still abstaining from, from dairy completely now, Sally, to this day? Yeah, I had it for a little bit. I wanted to test things out. I wanted to see what heavy whipping cream was doing. Now I knew it was ca- the dairy was causing breathing issues. I knew it was causing me to be on CPAP. I knew that the whole, everything up here swelling with the sinuses and all that, because as soon as I got off the dairy, 
I think I was off it for a year except cheddar. And when I dropped the cheddar, within two weeks, I was off the CPAP. So the cheddar was not helping me whatsoever. And it kept me feeling thick around the middle when then I, all of a sudden I felt hollow in the middle, which was a good feeling. But the dairy, when I tested it out, I'd been off the heavy whipping cream for a year. And I was like, well, I want to know what, if it was doing anything else. And so I, I chugged like two ounces of heavy whipping cream and all within minutes, my brain swelled. I was off kilter. I couldn't walk straight. And I was like, oh, wow. I hadn't felt that in two years. And I was like, okay, this is what was causing that. I thought it was the um, sciatica, the, the central nervous system, the spine. I just thought it was something with the spine that I couldn't walk straight. And it wasn't, it wasn't that at all. And so I said, okay, that is not something to ever be re-entered. And I mean, dairy is meant to fatten babies. Come on. It's, it's not meant, it was never meant for adult consumption, but it's become an industry. So that's what it is right now. But that, that let me know what that was doing within my body. The cheddar, when I got rid of the cheddar, it, I got off the CPAP. I felt better. I felt um, less thick all over, but I also dropped, I had been struggling to lose four or five pounds a month up to that point. And that was with a lot of fasting. And I dropped the cheddar and dropped 14 pounds that month. And I thought, okay, I don't need cheddar. <laughs> I had it on, granted, I had it on everything. It was part of my daily meals um, because I'm not sensitive to it. So why not? So that had to go. And, but I learned after that fact that dairy in every form was not good for autoimmune conditions. And I tracked everything from the get-go. I set up a spreadsheet. I did a couple of spreadsheets and I wanted to track. So I would know, I knew in my mind, I'm doing this. This is not, uh, it's a journey. It's going to be my way of life. It, this is not to lose weight. It's not for a destination. It's not for an event. This is my life at this point. And so I put everything, I wanted to know what my blood glucose was, what my ketones were. I wanted to know what my blood, the glucose ketone index. And I don't, it pretty much stays consistent. So I don't track that all the time now, but I did in the beginning. Um, I was writing down what I was eating. I was monitoring my weight. Part of this process though, made me nuts because I constantly got on the scale and it didn't, what I didn't understand about carnivore is that your weight is going to do this on carnivore and it'll eventually go down. I couldn't, my body, because of the metabolic syndrome that I had, could not lose weight unless I was fasting. And so I was in that, I would get in that uh, rolling 48s. I would fast every other day. And every now and then I'd do a 72, but I wasn't hungry because I ate carnivore. I ate enough of it and I just wasn't hungry. So I was able to do the fasting then. Then I got to a point where my body didn't want to fast. So I learned it's like, okay, just don't fast right now because your body doesn't want it. And I maintained, that's where I learned that I could maintain. I kept thinking in my brain, my God, if I stop fasting, I'm just going to gain a pound a day, which I did the first week. And then it, it stabilized. So it's like a, 
a seven, about seven ish pound thing where I will maintain. So I thought, okay, now I know that down the line, I will be able to maintain so I can, you know, continue with the fasting as, as I will, but not everyone can fast. And I've learned that through my clients. It's, that's why I had to change everything about what I was doing, uh, the approach, the, what I was working with people because the schedules weren't working with them. And with, for some, it does, for some, it does, but uh, cycling women, not so much. Uh, fasting is very, very different for them. Postmenopausal women, it works a little bit better. Uh, for men, it works better. But even then, not everybody, not everybody. And I figured if what you're doing is causing you stress, your way of eating shouldn't cause you stress. That, you know, I changed things. I changed things. And all my clients pretty much were all different. Week by week, we'd look and say, okay, how's this going? How did that work? We'd tweak, keep going. And um, the addictive part was the important part in the beginning because you have to get through that. Takes a few weeks. And then once you're through that, you deal with the triggers and all that. That's a whole different process. But it's the most important part is staying carnivore, you know, and I've had people and I'm sure you have, too, that they'll beat themselves up. God, I had cheese (laughs) or God, I had heavy whipping cream. And I'm just like, but you stayed carnivore. I mean, yes, maybe the dairy, you're not supposed to have it because you have an autoimmune condition. But you had two tablespoons of whipping cream in a drink or you had a couple ounces of cheese because you were at a, a family party. It's like, it's still okay. You didn't go and dive into all the sweet stuff. You know, that's, it's a win. Cause even now, I mean, at Christmas time, I might have a few little bit of cheese with pepperoni, you know, I, I don't worry about those moments, those little moments. It's because if you do, if you worry about every little thing, then you're not going to succeed. You're going to worry yourself right into eating the bad stuff. And I've done that too. Sorry, Sally, to interrupt you. I was just thinking how this is a great juncture to just talk about. And first question is just putting a pin in the Hashimoto's and and thank you for all your your explanation there. I think that's going to help a lot of people. How long with your tracking did you start to notice your numbers change? So it gives some people an idea of what maybe one person can expect. I know we're all individual, but how long did it take for you to notice some, some improvement on your antibodies? Those, um, I think the first thing I noticed was the hypokalemia disappeared because the gut healed. Like in the, it was just like three months and the gut healed enough to absorb potassium right after that, um, somewhere in the three to six months, it was, I noticed the antibodies drop and they kept dropping. It's not, not huge, massive. You're not going to get rid of this in six months. You're not going to get rid of it in a year, maybe not even two years. I am almost three years in my three-year anniversary is February 1st, you know? <laughs> so, and I still have some antibodies, but they were that my tests showed up over a thousand, but I know people that had over 10,000 that have none right now. And so I look at it like, however long this takes, it doesn't matter because I'm not changing this way of eating. I'm not. And that helped a great deal. When people look at it, like I'm doing this to get rid of Hashimoto and then I'm going to start introducing other things. Then I'm going to go back to kind of how I was eating, but maybe not all the sweet stuff. You got to kind of look at it a little different because what I found out recently was 
I had a fall and a lot of people don't know this. And I was not able to handle a situation that happened. And I felt, I thought I was rock solid. And that's the thing with addiction. You're never 100% rock solid. And I fell and I realized all these things come back. I didn't, I haven't looked at the, the antibody numbers um, with that yet. Cause it's just, it's too quick, but the pain came back. The edema came back. All these things came back. And so it just kind of made me aware. Now I may need to heal my immune system for five or six years or more before those things don't come back. I don't know because it's it's a, a learning process. My goal is to get rid of all the antibodies. And I don't want a single one in me because even if I have one, that's working against me. And that's only going to lead to for more to develop. So I just want them all gone. And am I in remission? Sure. I was in remission from a Hashimoto almost right away. I, I was the edema was gone most of it within two weeks. I have pictures that I posted with huge ankles and um, calves and feet. And then down within two weeks is like a normal foot, a normal leg, ankle. And so the edema went, I think I dropped 18 pounds in the first two weeks from the edema that was in me. And then the rest of the edema came in time, like that was throughout the whole rest of the body that came in time. Uh, Cause as long as you have that, you're going to have inflammation, you know? And so that it's got to go. But I, I did learn a lot from this. I mean, it's a long process. And Dr. Shafee even told me, he says, it's a beast. And you have to be very, very strict carnivore without the dairy. And for me, when I say strict carnivore, that's meat, fat, salt. And I did use seasonings every now and then I'll use a little bit as long as there's no sugar in it, but everything tastes better to me now, which is salt, salt and butter. So I don't need the other things I needed in the beginning. But I think if you're just starting carnivore, you're just coming to this way and you have Hashimoto, it's like use a little dairy to get through the sugar part, you know, not a ton, use a little bit as a transition tool and then get rid of that too, because that too will hold your sugar addiction in place. So, cause there's a lot of lactose in it. A lot of people get carried away with the cream and with the, the cheese. And it just, it doesn't allow you to be completely free, mentally free and physically free from it. Thank you, Sally. And because this is a sharing space, I appreciate you sharing. And I am going to share something my listeners don't know today is that I've been going through a little bit of a stressful period in my own life. And what I noticed with me is, and you know, I've been a proponent of having dairy in my diet for a lot of reasons in the form of uh, raw cheddar cheese and kefir, which has helped my gut, which has helped me put back on weight because that is what dairy's meant for is putting on weight on cows <laughs> and baby cows specifically. <laughs> and I needed to put on weight, which has been great for me. It's been wonderful. And also the calcium, I was severely calcium depleted from my high oxalate background and it helps bind calcium as you begin to dump. What I noticed is in this stressful period in my life, I began reaching for more dairy for comfort. So my little portion sizes were getting bigger and bigger. So I would be like, ah, I can just have another slice of cheese or, oh, I'll have another glass of kefir. It really made me pause recently as I prepared for our chat today, you know, that yeah, I've, I'm struggling a little bit too, and it, it can be very addicting. And food in general is something that we turn to in times of 
stress. But that ties in nicely to what you were saying is that don't beat yourself up. I, I put a story in my Instagram today. I don't, this will come out in a week or so. But just saying, don't let perfect be the enemy of good. Just yeah. do the best you can when you can. The, any step forward is a step forward. Don't beat mm -hmm. yourself up. If you're coming to this way of eating for, for, for healing of any sort, you're making the right move. And it can be so easy to beat yourself up. And especially in, there's a lot of pressure in January and everyone is touting this world carnivore month and you got to be strict and do this. We're human. We're going to have yeah. stressful periods in our life and we're going to slip up. This ties in something really exciting for me, Sally, because many folks will know you from the SBG. However, more recently, you've started the Carnivore Collective Community Online, which is a coaching source for folks that are getting into low carb and dealing with sugar addiction. I just wonder if you can touch upon this right now because literally it launched last night. So we're on the we're the first here talking on podcasts about it, Sally. What is the Carnivore Collective all about? And let folks know. Oh, Carnivore Collective. Um, I wanted a space that was safe for people. I wanted them to be able to come and come with whatever, whatever background they had, wherever they were going, achieving, you know, and whatever way they were trying to eat. And it is carnivore, but we don't, it's like some people can moderate a vegetable here and there. Some can moderate honey or berries. It's like, that's okay. You know, but I don't promote it in the community because I don't want to make anyone feel unsafe. I don't want anyone to be triggered by those things, especially with sugar addiction. And that is the biggest thing for me to help people that way. We, this community came about in the most miraculous way. <laughs> I'm telling you, I was never, ever, ever going to start a community. That was not my goal. It was not in my mind. It was, I mean, I was in a community and I just wanted to continue helping people with sugar addiction with Hashimoto. I, I just wanted to help people heal. And so that was not even in my frame of thought. And then Serena and I were talking from Carnivore Revolution and she's got this whole community and, but she's so, so, so busy with Simply Tallow and, and her Carnivore Revolution um, YouTube and putting out so much incredible content that she just, she goes, I can't do it. I do not have the time. And she said, would you like this community? Can you take it over? And I thought, wow, because let me tell you, I had been praying I did not know which direction to go. I did not know exactly what to do or where. And, but I knew what I wanted to accomplish. I wanted to help people. I wanted to coach people. And all of a sudden, I mean, I prayed and prayed. And the night of Thanksgiving uh, or the night before, <laughs> um, she reached out to me and said, here, it's yours. You know, do, do what you will with it. You know, and I thought, Oh my God, I almost got overwhelmed because <laughs> I'm like, this is not what I was looking to do. But at the same time, it's like, okay, I can do this. I can do this. And I still wasn't sure how, but we wanted to create a community where carnivores could be, where they could be safe, where they could recover from sugar addiction. But 
in a way that they're going to succeed long term. I don't want people succeeding for a month or six months. I want them succeeding for life. And so that's was so much more important to me because I know if you use food in the moments of your addictive triggers, you're, that it's not going to help you because eventually there's going to be a trigger big enough that's going to set you off. And you're going to look at a steak and go, yeah, no, I'm heading to the store. So I didn't want that. I wanted people to be able to come and succeed forever. And those with Hashimoto, because I have Hashimoto because of what I went through with my addiction, because of the trauma with the sciatica, what it did to my body. It threw everything off. This is not a genetic thing with me. This is just, and even if it is genetic, you know, genetics don't determine what's going to happen in your body, what you eat does, you know? So if you get that going good, it doesn't matter what genetics say. I mean, you could have the Alzheimer gene. It's like, it's a gene. It predisposes you to it, but it doesn't mean you're going to get it. So do everything in your body possible to stop you from getting it. And so we want to help people heal autoimmune conditions, all kinds of conditions with carnivore. Cause I've just seen thousands of people healing with carnivore and healing conditions like MS. Look at Emily Penton, MS and bipolar. Come on. <laughs> you just stopping those in their tracks makes you know that this is a nutritional thing that's going on here. And so we have to fix our nutrition. So this group, you know, I got together with the girl that I was doing the sugar addiction meetings with in SBG because we we just had a really good connection. We have a really great way of helping people through that. And so I said, do you want to do it here? You know, we have a whole community. We can build upon this community. And she was like, yeah, she was, I'm all in. And then other people have reached out, people that just know me from SBG, that know me from Instagram and they've been following mostly on the sugar addiction part of things. And so they were very interested because I've been able to help them. And so they, you know, very interested to see what we're doing here. And so I, I have a very good friend, Frank, and he jumped in and he's just started. He's been able, we talked through these things and we started talking about how this is going to go. I said, because as I have so many clients that, the schedules just don't work. I said, it, it's, you know, they feel like the fasting is forced, you know, because it is part of a schedule. Others that do great with it, but then so many that didn't. And I was like, there has to be a different way. There has to be a more natural way to do this because eating, we don't eat according to a schedule, except maybe the breakfast, lunch, dinner thing we did years ago, but we we just don't. Eating should be more natural. It shouldn't be something that we eat because of a time frame, you know, and or not eating because of a time frame. So we came up with this basis called simplify, strengthen and soar. And that's kind of like where we're guiding all this. But the thing is, it's everybody's individual personal self that is going to guide where this goes for them. Okay. It's not based on a schedule. It's not based on any one thing. It's based on how they're healing, how they feel in this process. And if they're not feeling right, what do we tweak about it? What do we change? What do we 
you know, do we remove something? Do we add something, you know? And so the simplify part of it is, is month long. It's getting people through an addiction. And sometimes, you know, that if, if a slip up happens, it takes a little bit longer. doesn't matter how long it takes, as long as that's what the goal is for that part. And if you're truly strict and you just do the best you can with whatever meats you love, whatever you can afford, you don't have to buy very expensive meat. I don't, I shop at Walmart, the local grocery store. I buy what I can afford because that's how it's been. And getting people through the addictive part, getting the sugar out of the system. And then we move on to strengthening. And this part is many, many, many months. You know, it's for each person, it's individual, but it's getting them from where they were and now, okay, they're free of the addiction, but how do we strengthen the body, the mind, the spirit? And as you heal, these things happen. Your body starts to want to move more. So it's like, okay, how can we move? What are you capable of doing physically, you know, and build upon that. And the, the spirit, like, you know, that part of us, when we start to heal, when we start to really see life and we see what our life was, what we allowed to happen. Sure. We might be angry at ourselves for a little bit, but then we're like, okay, no more. And when that happens, when we start to heal in that way, everything inside heals our connection to everything opens up and life becomes a lot clearer, you know? So it's building upon our strengths. It's, it's making them more. It's growing within that time frame. <laughs> there is no time frame. Sorry, um, but you know what I mean. It's building upon that, and then when we get to the part about soaring, this is where I mean, when you get so solid in what you're doing, you're feeling good. You're healing. You can't help but soar. It's like spread those wings and go do everything you thought before was impossible. Because don't ever let a doctor tell you that your healing is impossible, that you're going to have it for life. You're going to be on medicines for life because I have healed the Hashimoto to the point it is with no medication. This has been pure nutrition and I am not going to take medication. Now, I understand some people may need to in the beginning because of symptoms, but just remember it's dealing with symptoms. It's not helping the thyroid. And I, I just posted something from um, Brecca, the Greg Brecca. I don't know. He's on my Instagram and he was talking about the thyroid. The thyroid medication said, it's not about the thyroid. It's about what's, what's hitting the thyroid. What else is unhealed inside you? And the medications don't, aren't helping people and they're keeping them long-term. They're keeping them needing more and more. So if people want to get off of those, it's like, just start healing this way. And then as you feel better, those medications should come down. But that's, you know, work with it with your doctor. Hopefully your doctor will work with you. Mine does. My endo told me, he had said, you're going to have this for life. It says it has nothing to do with food. I'm like, excuse me? Like it has everything to do with food. I wanted certain tests. I know like for the thyroid, I know what tests to ask for. I know what they mean. I researched this thoroughly so that when I went to them, 
I knew exactly what I was talking about. And my own doctor doesn't know as much about the thyroid as I do or the medications or not just the meds. She may know the meds, but the, um, the tests and what they mean. And the endo wouldn't, I said, I need reverse T3. I need to know what that number is because it was high. He goes, you don't need that. It's an inactive protein. You don't need that. I said, yeah, it's an inactive protein that blocks the active protein. I said, I do need that because I want to know what's going on. And he's just like, where do you get this stuff? I'm like, how do you not know this stuff? You know, and I just, he blew my mind. And that was the last time I spoke with him. And I worked with my doctor and I told her, I said, look, please just work with me. She saw my frustration, but she also watched me heal. She watched all my numbers come into balance. My no longer hypothyroid, my kidney, my liver, all those numbers, everything back into balance and losing the 112 pounds. She's just like, okay, I will work with you. I will run the tests that you want. She goes, just don't ask me to interpret them. I said, I don't need you to. I just need to know what the number is to know if I'm progressing. And if I'm not, I have to find out why, you know? So I don't know. You have to know what you're talking about when you're going into this. Uh, Do your research. Don't depend on everybody else to give you the information. You have to go into it. You have to listen to people and take from them what resonates with you. Because if you don't, if you just take other people's information, that's their information. It's what worked for them. You have to find out what works for you. So with this, we want to help people interpret their body, interpret their signals if they're unsure. Because sometimes in the beginning, you know, you don't know if you're hungry, you're full, you don't know those signals. You don't know what certain things mean that are happening in the body. So we kind of want to help with that in our group. And the whole point, part of it (laughs) was, is there one-to-one coaching available? Sure. If you want it, it's there. If you want to schedule, I can make one for you. But what we want to achieve in this group is that you won't need it. You know, you won't need it that we can try and give you everything you need. There are going to be people that need it, you know, just depending on the circumstance, maybe they need extra help getting through the addiction, whatever it is, it's, it's going to be available there through the group, but the group coaching is what we're focused on big time because we want to get you through the addiction. We want to get you so that you're really strong in every aspect of your body, your mind, your soul. And then, so you can soar. I mean, once you start flying, I mean, you may get to a point where you're like, you know, I'm feeling pretty good today. You know, I'm not hungry. I'm supposed to eat dinner, but yeah, I'm not gonna. And so you naturally fast that day and it's great. And then you're hungry in the morning, you eat breakfast, whatnot. It's like, if you fast, let it be natural. You know, let your body dictate if it's hungry, let your body dictate what kind of food it wants. Let it dictate if it doesn't want food at all, you know, and it's unconventional a little (laughs) compared to a lot of things that are a lot of um, different communities that are promoting other things. But the way I look at it is everybody needs something different. And if they need what we have to offer them, we're going to resonate with them. Other people are going to resonate with other groups, you know, and that's okay. I mean, the carnivore community, the healing part of it is completely individual. So we just want to offer, you know, from here, you know, everything from here, it's about the members, 
First of all, love it. Second of all, love it. Third of all, love Serena. She was on the show. Yes. She is just an incredible woman. Her healing journey as well. Best to her, Serena Music. So we folks can look for that episode. I can't remember the number off the top of my head. Sally, I know that this is on the Mighty Networks. It's still on the Mighty Networks, right? And the Carnivore Collective, the website. Yes. yes. Um, I wonder if we could dive into exactly how now I'll put the link in the show notes for this episode. Once people click on there, what what should they expect in terms of what what they're getting when they join the Carnivore Collective? What 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 is the if there a price associated? What are sort of the meeting frequencies currently? Do you plan to add more things like that? I had to create this in a way that it could be affordable. I wanted it affordable to everybody. And, but I also need it to pay for itself. <laughs> you know, it's like, I, I can't afford to just put out the money for the network and the Zoom and all that on my own. I just can't afford that. So I had to create it in a way that it's affordable and it's not gonna like break anybody's pocketbook. I didn't, I didn't want that. So I kept it at $20 and I figure, I know if it were me, it's like, I can afford $20 and I can't afford much, you know, but I'm like, I can afford $20 a month. And, and I would do that. So I thought, okay. And I ran it by a few people. I says, what do you think about this? And um, especially, you know, Crystal and Frank, and they, they agreed. They said, cause sometimes, you know, if you make something too low, people don't find value in it. They don't, they, they just don't find value. They're like, eh, you know, they, they're only charging that. What, what could it honestly be? And so I didn't want that mindset to, to happen. And I saw it. I, I, you know, <laughs> I saw it when I was working before. And um, so I figured I said $20 is doable, hopefully for everyone, because I just want to help people. And I have a link. I have a link. I'll, I'll share it with you. I'll give it to you after because I, what I found with this is you have many different links. <laughs> you have to, has to be internal. If someone's already in the group, like all the 700 members that were there, I'd give an internal link because they're already in it. And then if they wanted to join the paid part, then I had to give a different link and then an external link for other people. So I will, I will give you that, but we're giving we're starting with two meetings a week because we're starting small and that's great because the way we look at it and like what we had last night, it was like, we can do more individualized attention and, and more people can share, you know, we, people, the members were sharing this story last night and it was, ah, oh, I'd, I'd forgotten just how special it feels, you know? And so it was wonderful, absolutely wonderful. And it, it is a playback for everything. So that's already posted. And we're offering a couple meetings a week. We're going into the body conscious model, which is a simplified strengthen and soar. The whole title came, you know, Frank come up with a uh, body conscious. And I thought that's kind of brilliant because we're being conscious of our entire body, our mind, everything. And we're learning how to really listen. So that's, that part of it, we have that uh, one meeting a week for that one meeting a week for sugar addiction. Um, and they kind of go together. Uh, but we're looking at as, as it builds, you know, what other meetings can we do? Can we have guests come on, you know, and just speak to people. And I'm, I love doctors. I love Dr. Shafer, Dr. Barry and all that, but a lot of times members resonate with other people just like themselves. 
that have been through it, that have healed from it, and to bring those to the forefront to give their experience, you know, so it doesn't always have to be, you know, a doctor. And I know doctor, they're great. Yeah, I mean, they can handle all the medical questions. And I do plan, hopefully, at some point to be able to do that. Uh, it just depends on the community, depends how it grows, how quickly it grows. But we want people to have what they need and to have the inspiration that they need. And I know a lot of inspiration comes from people just like you and me. I'm so excited for you. I'm so excited for the people that you will be inspiring and coaching. As we talked about last time, I think I said, you know, the importance of vitamin C, which is community in this. And we both talked about when you you started out and when I started out on this journey, I didn't know exactly what to do. So I found support in coaching. We, we provide accountability, guidance, yep. support. It is very, very important. And you know even better than me how important that is with the addictive side of sugar and these folks that are coming to you. So super, super excited for the Carnivore Collective and all you're doing. Thank you. Before we go, again, it just came to me. Let's talk about the meetup that you had in the fall. Are you going to do it again this year? And how did that go? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was wonderful. Yeah, we started two years ago with the New England meetup. And I, I couldn't believe no one had a meetup in New England. You know, I was like, how is this not, has it happened yet? You know, and so I, I just pulled it together, kind of put it out there on Instagram. I think we had like 19 people, something like that. We all get together. And let me tell you, for anyone that's afraid to go just by themselves, don't be. Because the carnivore community, it was like coming home. It was like a family reunion with people you don't even know. Some people you do, if you've known them like on Instagram or, you know, through a group or something. Yes. But it didn't matter. I, I mean, I was putting it on and I was terrified because <laughs> I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing, you know, and it ended up being wonderful, absolutely wonderful. So we did it again this past fall and we'll do it again next fall. And the fall seems to be a really good time, especially in New England, because if people travel from far, it's like they can do other things, you know, they can do leaf keeping and stuff. But uh, the Butter Butterfield Brothers, the Butter Brothers, they came and uh, we were talking about possibly doing this kind of meetup, but move it all all over New England, different states. And I thought, yeah, that's, you know, that had been in my mind for a little bit, but they brought it up again. And I thought, yeah, that would be fun. And we haven't dove into that yet, but we will. It'll happen. I have no doubt. Sally Bowers, it is always a joy to chat with you, to see you and just hear what you've been up to. I want to say thank you for coming on today. This is such a great episode for me to kick off the new year with. So thank you for all you're doing in the thank community. You. Thank you for taking the time out today to come back on and chat with my listeners. Where can folks find you online? We've talked about your Instagram handle and then obviously Collective on the Mighty Networks. Is there any other uh, place I forget? Well, I have my personal website, but that's if anyone's interested in energy work, I do that there. Um, that's Blue Butterfly of Hope. Dot com. Um, I also have the coaching. I have coaching links on there as well, because I figured why not <laughs> put it, you know, kind of put it together because it's all about healing. But yeah, between Carnivore Collective, Instagram uh, and my site, I'm pretty busy. <laughs> so yeah, one of those three places. Um, I'm on Facebook, too, but that's just personal Facebook. Um, if you want to follow me there, you can. Sally Donahue Bowers. Um, and Donahue is D-O-N-O-H-O-E. <laughs> Everyone thinks it's with a U, but it's not. Um, 
but I don't, I don't, I don't post a ton there. I'm starting to share a little bit more. I do have a blue butterfly of hope page on, you know, within Facebook. Um, but that it's the same kind of content you'll find on Instagram. If you're already on Instagram, I just kind of put it over there too, for the people that aren't on Instagram. Thank you, Sally. I hope that we can connect in person again this year. I'm going to make it, I'm going to make it happen. And as I mentioned to you, I hope that I can get to the meetup this year, wherever it's going to be. So please keep us all posted. Thank you again. Have a wonderful rest of your day. You too. You too. Thank you. And that's a wrap on this episode of Carnivorous Chats. If you've made it this far, I want to say thank you for listening and also thank you in advance for liking, subscribing, or sharing this episode. Thanks again to Equip Foods, Carnivore Snacks, and the Carnivore Bar. Don't forget to check the link in the show notes to get a discount on their products. Until the next time, be well.